well, well, well. I love oh, when, well. when I clap, <laughs> they like the dust goes everywhere, and I'm like, I it's go like Thanos. Do you like? Do you dust frequently? Does your mother? <laughs> uh, yeah, I dust frequently. Really? Yeah, my studio because all my stuff is black. Yeah. So I just don't want it to look messy when people come by. I bet if I like, s- like swipe my or, finger across or loudly the, across yelled, the back of my. If you just yelled loudly, it would just. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh man, it's bad in here. It's bad in here. Do you have an air filter? No. Oh, okay. Well, those are a myth. Some, you lose some. Really? Those are a myth. What does that mean? They're a myth. It's a myth. They don't exist, or you know how much, uh, you know how much air you have to filter at one time in order to make it. You know, what if the <laughs> Are any windows open in your house? No. Then you're just suffocating. <laughs> you're like, just suffocating and you're like, trying to filter air out for what reason. It pulls the oxygen. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that means you haven't... And if you like open the door for one second and a breeze comes in, that filter, the last six hours of filtering... <laughs> it's like you've got to restart. You're, you're back restart. to ground zero. Don't buy an air filter, bro. I have one. Yeah, I know. It's on all the time. It's on all the time. I don't think it does anything. So the other day I was cleaning... First off, it was dirty mm-hmm. on top, dusty. Yeah, I know. And then the sides. All air filters are disgusting. The sides, it was like, you know, like the mm-hmm. lint catcher mm-hmm. in the laundry. <laughs> it was like thick. Yeah. It was like thick. And I vacuumed it. I just ran the vacuum up and down. Yeah. I was like, oh man, this thing is like. Is it clean now? No. I could look at it. I don't want to though. No. <laughs> oh, look, look, look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. That looks awful. It looks like it's not doing anything. It looks like it's actually not doing anything. It's not filtering no. air. It's just collecting dust. Oh, no. I think it's just for white noise. What are your thoughts? It's loud. On, what are your thoughts on white noise? It's it's nice, but that is not white noise. That is like a wait, vacuum. In wait, the room. can we hear it? It's on right now. Yeah. Oh, it's usually much louder. It's auto. Um, it, it does. <laughs> Normally, we're hotboxing this place, huh? Um. White noise is nice. If you can, uh, yeah, I'm sick in the head. I need a lot of noise just to like function. Welcome to Talkbox. Talk bo- is it the Talkbox or Talkbox? No, it just has to be Talkbox. Talkbox? Talkbox. Okay. 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 Talkbox. 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 Okay. It can be loose. It can be free. Okay, okay, okay. Talkbox. 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 Okay. Talkbox. Talkbox. This is Talkbox. 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 This is Talkbox. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not pretty bad good. At all. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Talkbox. Talk I feel like we got to work on an intro, huh? I'm Obscure Machi. You're Mixing Waves, Nautic. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. I'm Machi. I'm not egg. Oh, there we go. There we go. I'm, oh, you're obscure, Machi. Let's do one. Wait, do we identify as our Instagram handles? No. That's us. We are Instagram. Oh, okay. I don't. Because you don't identify as mixing waves. Do you? No. I've never said that to anyone. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it almost doesn't make sense to have that on my Instagram, but I'm keeping it. Dude, I had like a thousand good things. Like, I'll probably change it. I had like a thousand good points, and then I just lost them all because your ass was talking about mixing waves. Um. Dude, we are in, obviously, as everybody in our podcast knows. Obscure Machi, are you going to fucking change that, dude? No. That's his Instagram handle, Obscure Machi. What do you want me to change it to? Mine is Mixing Waves. Machi's taken, somehow. Machi. On everything. Mm. Dude, could you imagine if I had Machi? Asian Machi. No. Mm. Filipino Machi. No, 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 no. Mine used to be um, Filipino Doormat. (laughs) Why? There There was another mat in this class with me. They would oh, call nice. him, I like they the mat. I forgot your name's Matthew. They, they would call him floor mat and doormat. <laughs> mm. I was doormat. I see. So then it was Filipino doormat for a while. I forgot your name's Matthew. <laughs> Having, I've never called you that. Yeah, I know. I know. Maybe Matt, but that's still Machi. Though. I've actually taken, recently within the last few months, I've taken a lot of pride in the name Machi. It's nice. I've like gone like full circle. Do you like, like that gap, that silence? I was pro- again. I did it. I was processing. I'm building tension. So, so 2024 New Year's resolutions. <laughs> this, is, this is the we first- are the Dragon Tamers. <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. We've recorded every episode so far in 2024 as yeah. they're going to be released <laughs> in 2024. But but uh, no, this is the first episode we're officially recording in 2024. What are your New Year's resolutions? Uh, are you fucking serious right now? Are give we me, doing that? Give me one. Just give me one. I don't know. I don't. What do you want? <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought, <laughs> I thought, we, had a plan. I thought we, we had a plan for the episode. For you're, the like, you're like, just give me a f- resolution. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think it's more of an overarching theme rather than a general resolution. Yeah. I'd love to be more disciplined. A speci- rather than a specific resolution, mm, yeah, I have yeah. an overarching theme. Okay, yeah. And when I do this, I want you to put overarching well, theme. Well, you're, you're cutting out of frame there. You come center. Overarching theme. Well, you got to do it the other way. Oh, right, it's right, 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 right. I was thinking in Arabic, sorry. Yeah. Overarching theme. <laughs> or Aramaic. Um, discipline. I think I want to be more disciplined. I'm trying. I'm not doing a great job. People are like, oh, it's a new year. I'm working out every day. Mm. I'm doing I'm not. Yeah. I'm just trying my best. Yeah. It's a hard mental game, man. Mm-hmm. It's a hard mental game. A lot going on. But, uh, you know, it's looking good. Um. Yeah, that's it. I don't care for New Year's resolutions. I really don't care. What do you mean? I don't think you should wait until the New Year. I mean, even though I did, but I'm still like, I'm <laughs> saying like, I I just, you should always try, you know, like you don't have to wait until New Year's to make a difference in your life. Sure. Even if it's November, you're like, I'm gonna wait till New Year's. If it's December, I'm gonna wait till New Year's. Start when you feel you need to start. If you have a problem in your life, you need, need to resolve. Mm-hmm. Don't resolve it. No, but I feel like... Um, I feel like I will stand, I will die on this hill. Uh-huh. I feel like there is too much New Year's resolution hatred in this world right now. Because the I don't, popular I don't see thing. Anyone now, hating it. The popular thing now is to hit them with the David Goggins, oh, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Is that a thing? I don't, I assume Has so, probably. I love David Goggins, man. <laughs> he goes, every day is a new year for me. <laughs> I wish it was. That's, what I, that's where I want to be at. Every but, day is a new year. But, okay, I think the argument isn't that you need to wait until New Year's. I think that for a lot of people who feel discouraged, the new year is like, it is the reset point. Yeah, it's symbolic. Your reset point could be tomorrow. It's yeah. a, it, you're waiting know, for a fake I know, construct but, of uh, symbolism. Right, right, right. <laughs> but at the same time, there is... There is a little bit of like I symbolism in it. I anyway. agree, but I'm I'm saying this because I feel like it, I wish it wasn't the same for myself. Mm. You know what I mean? Also, because the holidays are very like November to December, it's very hard to like cut down on your diet, not go out with your friends, not drink during the holidays, and like right. it's, it's constant festivities and mm-hmm. different traditions, and f- families flying in, f- friends are flying in, you're going out to your hometown. Maybe like I understand. <laughs> Not a good enough excuse though. <laughs> You gotta wake up. Who's <laughs> my ass didn't go anywhere? Who's this? <laughs> I just I hate this pop filter thing. We have to take care of. Who's getting the boats? What is that? What, wait, wait, wait. What does what he say? That? What does he say? What is that? Who's what's that from? Goggins, bro. <laughs> what does he say? <laughs> Can we look it up? Who's getting the boats? What? What is this on TikTok? No, no, no. Just go on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Just typing Goggins boats. <laughs> who's 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 getting the boats? What does he say, man? Boat crew? Boat. And I looked on the instructors' faces. And- is that it? No, man. That's not it. It's like, if not, if not me, then who? Why is it boats? Cause it's like, like, who's gonna <laughs> hold on. Hello. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. They're in. Dude, so I just got a call um, from... Sorry, yeah. maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, they bleep their name. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. Bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> um, they just called me. So they print... So they so they only print the pictures that are exposed in a roll. There's 36 pictures on a roll of film, usually. And they'll only print the ones that are exposed properly. Mm-hmm. And so you know that you've done a good job. If they give if, you back all 36. If you have to pay $15.83 like I do. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, man, that was good. Yeah, David Goggins, get the boats. Every day is a new day. Um, I sent you one. I sent you a David Goggins one that was really good. It was like, it was like, it was like, it was like, it's okay. <laughs> it's like, don't worry. You you can always wait till tomorrow. Nobody was, nobody was counting on you anyway. Or something like <laughs> nobody believed in you anyway. <laughs> crazy <laughs> that's good okay okay what's your new year's resolution man oh man uh dude i don't have one good perfect you know you know what it has let's been? move on let me just say <laughs> let me just say let me regale the story real quick 
um, my New Year's resolution up to a point was to like go and try to take more photos. I bought a book over there, NFT, not for tourist guide to LA. Nice. It's definitely a tourist guide to oh, LA. Okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> but I needed like points. You know, I needed places to go because everybody gatekeeps their photo spots. Mm-hmm. So I've been looking through there, and then I went to Echo Park yesterday. Nice. And I was having a great time, and then my camera broke yeah and so i've been going out like like five times a week to go take photos but i don't know where the universe threw a wrench in my plans yesterday i feel like my baby was killed yeah it sucks when you're sort of in life sort of treats you that way <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking about that um so f- okay okay <laughs> okay today we're gonna talk about all this new year's nonsense it's fine if you're doing New Year's resolution. You know what the problem is? What's the problem? If you've been alive, let's say, 30 years, and you've had like a solid 15 years, right, of, or eight, even like 12 years of mature New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. by the 30th year, if they actually f- worked, you would have been the perfect human being. And seeing that, I don't find that very often. <laughs> seeing that, I don't find that very often. Maybe we should change the mentality to just be like, you know, every day is our New Year's. Well, it's fine. Every day we try something new. We don't wait till Monday. You can always wait till tomorrow. Nobody was counting on you anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Do what you want. I don't care. <laughs> no, I respect that. I respect that. And I agree with you. No, I do New Year's resolutions too. I'm just saying like, I'm sick of it. I'm fucking sick of I it. I do New Year's resolutions because I'm better than everybody else. <laughs> I follow them to Not a quite. I follow them to Not a quite, man. <laughs> You're actually... You were way better off like six months ago for sure. <laughs> it's an ebb and flow, man. It's, it's an ebb and flow. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Okay, listen. Today, we want to talk about what do we do, right? What do we do on a day-to-day or even not even a day-to-day? We've said that a hundred times. <laughs> what do we do in our careers? It's easy to say I mix songs. I master songs. I record people. It's easy for Machi to say he does photography. But what does that like? What is the the workflow actually like? What is it that we do, right? No one really understands what it is until they either see it or they get a a plain decent explanation of it. But if you've never really seen it or experienced it, it's hard to understand. Mm. But we're gonna try our best over here, give you a quick synopsis on what mm-hmm. we do, and shed light on uh, you know the mixing and photography process. I guess it's more of just like a general creative process uh, among photography and music. Sure. You go ahead. Me. Yeah. Oh man. I don't even know what I do right now. I, have to I don't come even up know with what it. the fuck I do right now. Right, right. You know what I was curious about is your approach on like being a good photographer, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't understand. I'm like, oh, my, yeah, Macho takes great pictures. And then you told me that you did like these reviews on Reddit, like, you know, rate my pictures yeah, or yeah, like yeah. critique my pictures. Uh-huh. And people are saying these things, some of them positive, some of them not negative, but they're critiques, right? Like, oh, yeah. didn't, some this of them, didn't do anything for me. Some of them were pretty f- negative. Yeah, yeah, negative, <laughs> but they're critiques. You yeah, asked yeah, for yeah. critiques, uh-huh. right? Oh, the, your background is like, why would you choose that background? Yeah, Whatever, yeah, like, yeah. like, dude, these, all these pictures look great. Mm-hmm. Like, what's it, what makes a good picture and a bad picture? Also, what what is like, when do you choose to use film? When do you mm-hmm. choose to use the digital? And, uh, you know, when you, I'm not sure about video, but Wow, we can, that's such a great question, Narag. Wow. That's good. That's good. That's good. I like that because I had no idea where I was going, but now I know where I'm going. <laughs> okay, go It's ahead. like, well, I just want to say sometimes you really doubt yourself and you're like, do I even know what the f- I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And then somebody asks you a question mm-hmm. and you have f- 10 hours <laughs> of like answers, <laughs> right? Like yeah. this girl, someone hit me up the other day. She was like, can I get advice? I'm like, I don't know what the f- I'm doing. And I was like, uh, let What's me see. The and then I started to type it out and then I was like, holy shit, I have like, a thousand things to say mm-hmm. um but i think there's two primary fields that i've noticed mm. since i started working in photography and that's like you can either go into the realm of taking photos for people or taking photos of people oh okay so taking photos for people is like when you're working with an influencer or you're working mm. with an artist or you're working with a celebrity and they hire you to take photos are you for just them. following them around yeah, or like they need promo Events. photos. Yeah, yeah, they need right. promo photos or event photos where they need to look good. Mm. Or there's photos of people where you're doing either like street photography. Right. Or people hire you. Just like a bunch of different people will hire you to do like street photography or No, whatever. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like 
I feel street photography is more of a solo venture. Mm-hmm. So like th- that's where you're looking at like publishing a book later on down the line. Oh, okay. Or like, like even making a name for yourself as a street photographer because no one is like explicitly asking for like, hey, can you go take pictures on like a shrimp for 10 hours? Right. So like it's sort of up to you to choose the canvas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're it's like it's unless they suggest something. Unless I want to be in the woods or something like well, that. Well, in the past there have been like people have been hired by like cities and governments to like hire or to like shoot the city. But oh, wow. like but now it's we're in a different age. So like it's it's less popular as a medium for like if you go that route of like street photography, then your world is like offering classes to people and like selling prints. Oh, okay. Online, and then Sounds if you're sort of like uh, miserable. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But then the ironic thing is that a lot of people love street photography. Yeah, and a lot of people hate shooting influencers. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. By the way, if you do that, it's cool. I'm just saying it sounds miserable as in like the income from it yeah. sounds miserable. Yeah. Unless you're successful at it, in which case it sounds like a dream. Well, there's some people that are f***ing incredible I'm sure at they're it. Ve- I'm sure they're either incredible or successful, not mutually exclusive. But um, that being said, that yeah. sounds like a dream if you're able to do anything you love and make money yeah. off of it. I heard, I heard about this guy. His name's He's a famous LA street photographer. Mm-hmm. And he was working with our friend who like is a huge fan of his and he got to work with him. And this guy, Esteban, he had two assistants with him all the time Mm -hmm. because he's so famous now. He had two assistants all the time. He shoots on film. They were- Only film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would shoot, hand off a camera. Assistant would go, reload it. While he's reloading it, he hands off the camera. Other assistant hands him a camera. (laughs) It's like crazy. Dude, just like- Wait, it's one shot each? No, no, no. no. Like like it's, it's medium format. So it's like- eight shots oh wow yeah yeah it's really expensive stuff but like it's you know there's not much and he's like spraying and praying right it's like and okay okay that being said yeah so we have a general idea you have to you have the influencers that you could take pictures of videos of promo and then you have the more street photography more like Mm avant-garde artsy kind of thing yeah yeah right and then one is like selling prints the other one's obviously making money per commission of whatever project you're doing or daily rate whatever it is Right, so yeah, what does the payment look like? The payment on one end is you said the prints, and then the other one for the influencers or you're you're working for a company. Even it's yeah. it's either daily rate, salary, hourly. Right, it's like the general negotiations that you make with a, an, another entity, another company. Yeah, right. But the street photography is completely independent. You're selling it on yourself. You're booking clients, and you're eventually publishing books and printing work to make money uh, on your own. Great. Now, what goes into because completely subjective. What goes into a good picture? What's a good picture for you? Is mm-hmm. it is it the model? Is it where you shoot it? Is it the is it the emotion that is captured within the moment? Mm-hmm. Is it spontaneous? Is it is it uh, staged? Yeah, I mean it, it. You know, it all really depends on what you're doing. Like like the best pictures for the event that I shot two weeks ago for like a birthday party. The best pictures were where everybody was smiling and everybody looked good. Right. But that's not necessarily the case. You know, like a picture might be where there's a range of emotions and it's like someone's upset, someone's happy, and mm-hmm. someone's like right. fine. You know? But you know what's cool is that that might be the best picture in more of an avant-garde sense, right. but it's not the best promo picture. Exactly, right. exactly. And so you just have to know your audience. You have to know what you're shooting for. And so like there have been a ton of times where I've had an, what I think is an incredible photo mm-hmm. and I, you know, I send them to the client and the client's like, these photos blow <laughs> and they're like looking at their cheekbones they're like yeah. my cheekbones are like too defined right not defined enough and mm-hmm. i'm like sometimes i'm like it's it's the same as music right in it's a the sense same where, like if you work on your own you can sort of do what you want to work for other yeah people, it's like, yeah and so i guess like what is good in music what's good in photography what's good in movies it's just like you develop a taste and you right. develop an eye right and like everything is subjective but to a point there are also things that are like critically objectively good Right. And so like, yeah, if you have good composition, like if you have good contrast and you have good lighting, good exposure and like Like these videos, they look great. Thank you. Thank you. I think objectively speaking, they look great. Because someone could yeah. say like they because we're comparing it to something, right? Right. Like, is that subjective or objective? I think it might be objective because if you look at let's say majority of podcasts. That's objective, yeah. Like let's say you compare it to ninety nine percent of podcasts, we're probably in the top five percentile. <laughs> of video quality yeah if you just look at even popular podcasts mm-hmm. the video quality is not necessarily let's call them out by name i don't know 
I just, just all the, the ones that you see on TikTok, all the ones that you see on YouTube. Yeah. There's like millions of random podcasts that you go through on a daily mm-hmm. basis. If you listen to podcasts, it comes up on your feed, on every single feed that you have. Mm-hmm. So just looking at those, I'm like, dude, these are like terrible. And then you look at their views. These people have like millions of subscribers and millions of downloads. And you're like, wow. Why do we care this much? <laughs> it's because we have a general love and a, a, a sense of quality that we want. We have a passion. Yeah, we have yeah, a yeah. passion for the video. Yeah, quality. Same as the audio. Um, I mean, the audio yeah. is like, uh, it's good. I don't think it's the best, but I, th- I certainly think it's, it's it's good. Certainly in the top five percent. <laughs> we don't cut out all the low end in our voice. We don't like. We ch- I try not to leave any echo in the room as much as I can. You know, like I think the audio quality is generally good. We have decent yeah. microphones. This room is completely soundproof. <laughs> This room has a crazy slapback. <laughs> um, wait, but, I just wanted to say one last thing about photography. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, the the number one thing is that like when you're shooting for an influencer, you're shooting for an artist, it feels so good. When you do a shoot with someone, you're terrified going in. And I think, I think we, we as creatives, we need that. Like we need the lows and we need the highs. So like, like when I'm panicking on the drive to the shoot location yeah. and then I get into it and I'm like, okay, like I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And then at the end, I'm like, I'm really happy with these pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I send them to the artist or the influencer that I'm working with and they change their profile picture <laughs> to a picture that I took. Yeah. I'm like, I, I keep a catalog. I know there's like eight people mm-hmm. that I've sent photos to that have one of my photos as their profile picture. Right. That That's might be, that might be the best feeling that might be my because <laughs> that's what one. they that's what they want their whole f- that's the face of their brand that's yeah. the face of their image they're identifying with something you took yeah which is great and and you know what it is i think it's the same with developing good ears for audio and i think it's hard to explain what we do like we say all the time no one can see what you see uh through a lens the same with any photographer the same with any set of ears that we can't you can't hear what we hear mm-hmm. we interpret it that way and it's funny how when you listen to a lot of mixes of by one person you go like that's such a that's such a Lou mix, mm-hmm. right? We say that all the time. It's like, it's such a, like, you could hear Shout it, hear the, hear the Lou in the mix, which yeah. is one of the best of all time. <laughs> best mixing, mastering engineers of all time. Um, so I, I think it's that way. The same with photography. You, you see someone's, you, you can't see their eyes, but you could, you could get the vibe. Like no one can reciprocate that. Right. Right. It's completely individual, but that could still make it objectively good in terms of quality. Yeah, for right? sure. Quality. And um, that, that's the other thing too. Uh, who is it? Uh, Andrew Sheps yeah. maybe mm-hmm. he goes um, I can show you what a good snare sounds like I can't wait I can teach you what a good sound uh... no wait hold on hold on what is it what is it it's like it's like I can I can play wait hold on <laughs> hold on photographic memory It's like I can teach you how to mix this snare. I can't tell you what a good snare sounds like. Or yeah, something, yeah, something, yeah, like yeah. something you know along the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with the photography. It's yeah. like I can like show you how to take this photo, but yeah. I can't tell you what a good photo looks like. Exactly. You know, like you like, could show me a thousand photos. I could yeah. be like they all look good, and you could be like, <laughs> no, you can't take one of them. Nine hundred ninety-nine of these were dog. <laughs> yeah, like, but I also couldn't identify or take a, a good photo. Let's say right and right. And, but the thing is, it's developing the eye. Like you have a good eye for photography. I think generally speaking. I think you have a good eye for, photo- I mean, mm-hmm. the people that hire you certainly think you have a good eye for photography. And what convinces me even more is seeing the edits on the pictures mm. before and after. Right. But like, even sometimes I'm like, I'll give a criticism. I'll be like, oh, you know, like too much contrast. And then I want to yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you do the same for me. I, <laughs> I show you my mixes. You give me general feedback on the mixes. But I'll be like, you know, it's a, it's a little too sharp or like the contrast is a lot. And you're like, oh, that's what I'm going for. I'm like, okay, then it's good. You know, like, <laughs> Sometimes you, you told me, sometimes you want to make it like a little, you know, more intense, yeah, yeah, yeah. more animated. But um, like for these podcasts, if you see the before and after of the edits, mm. it's crazy. It's like you bring like a whole level of life, which is like, it's the same as like someone going in and being like, I mix this song from start to finish. Dude, should we get a little clip of the unedited? Wait, wait, wait. If you're watching if you're the watching. video right now, which you should be on YouTube, nice little ad break. Uh, then you will notice that right now I've taken off all of the color grading, including including the light conversion. So this looks like gray right now. Mm-hmm. It and looks then, exactly how we see it. Which yeah, is which like, is it's still a good it's still a good capture. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 
Does that mean it's? But does that mean it's a bad? Like what we're looking at right now? Does that mean this is a bad video? Because we're not. It doesn't look perfect. Well, no. It's like your human eyes can't see all of the colors that are being captured by the sensor right now. So then, when I convert like it, eyes. when I convert it in the software, it like it has a, a greater range of colors than even what the than what like the way that it gets captured in the camera. So it's gonna transition from not color graded to color graded right now. There you go. And now it's color graded. Wow. Wow. How amazing do we look? Oh my god. Look at this it's room. Like it's like Disneyland. <laughs> um yeah, that's cool, man. Oh you know, man, I'm that sure, was a... I'm sure we'll get more into videography in the future once people start asking questions. Yeah. That was a But long... you're always welcome to DM us. There was a long winded we were supposed to talk about that for approximately five minutes. Uh <laughs> no no no. Give me are we gonna do mixing? Yeah, any anything about mixing recording. I mean Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. So I wanna get <sighs> give me the rundown on music in general. Because I've been weighing this. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. So I've been like struggling because Stop. I was in music and then I was in photography and You're still in music, but more so in video. And then like for me now it's like I weigh it out constantly all the time and like I listen to less music now than I used to and I'm like what is happening with me <laughs> and I'm like weighing this out I want to know for you personally like mm -hmm. what what is it that's attracting you about music actually I was actually very turned off from music last year um, just because of the stress I went in with the job which is why I say like you don't have to make this a career it can be a hobby yeah. you can just listen to music and mix for fun and work on projects and make good money at your job and be perfectly happy. You don't need to pursue something and make money off of it in order for it to be a pat. Like, you know what I mean? Like your passion doesn't yeah. have to be your job. Yeah. It's actually more enjoyable when you, it, if you really, you really love it, very... you probably, you probably love it more than I do. And you're more passionate about it than I am. If you don't need to make money from it, the same with making music. I don't know why everyone is so inclined to like post their music. Or even put it on Spotify yeah. or, you know, like the sake of loving music doesn't mean you have to share it with the masses. Or does it? That's a question mm -hmm. that everyone can answer themselves. But someone someone told me something like this recently and it resonated with me where just like, I'm sort of just doing this to a certain degree for money as well. Like I want my work to be what I enjoy. Yeah. It makes it less enjoyable though. The hobby. It makes music less enjoyable. It makes music less enjoyable. Yeah. That is, I think, a, a, a truth with most people that go into mixing or if you're mixing music for like, eight hours a day you're not gonna get off of your laptop or thing and want to like go listen to more music you know yeah. like you're not listening to music in your car you're not you know you're doing everything but listening to music i hear this with a lot of mixing engineers i'm sure there's some people that are different they're bumping music all the time that's weird to me you know what i mean like <laughs> but recently within the past few like couple months i've been really enjoying music more and getting a different approach and understanding for mixing and uh, music in general than what I've been doing before. I used to be more critical with what I was listening to. And I think now a lot of stuff is becoming more feel-based, like how things make me feel emotionally mm -hmm. rather than the technical aspect of the song. And I'm realizing like mixes don't have to be good or bad. They just have to make you feel a certain way. Right. And if it's, and if what is on paper, like when I say on paper, I mean like what is being portrayed to you by that song. Let's say Kendrick Lamar song or a, uh, an indie band right mm. if that's the message they're trying to get across with feel if they're trying to make you feel blue but blue is not a good mix right but it's mm. blue and you're getting blue then it's an, a, it's an accomplished mix and you learn that a lot with working with indie bands and different yeah. people it's like okay I need to get their emotion across I don't necessarily need to make this, make this a good song mm -hmm. sonically which in case some people do want me to make it a good sonically sonically sound song where I'm sort of like putting makeup on the song and trying to make it as good as possible. Mm -hmm. I can do that too. It's fun. You know, it's all fun. But the feel thing is like, when I listen to music sometimes in the car, like I'm closing my eyes in the car. If I'm like stopped or something, you know, momentarily, every time I listen to music, even in my room, I close my eyes because your eyes are a huge distraction. Mm -hmm. the, even just looking at the meters on your console, looking at faders, looking at different colors, like it's a huge distraction to what you're hearing. If you can hear music with your... Uh, not if you can hear, if you can listen to music with your eyes closed, you get a different perspective on the emotion mm -hmm. and the general field of of listening, the listening experience than with your eyes open. And so I've been trying to be more connected on emotional level with music. And I think it's working really good actually. And I've been trying to mix with my eyes closed, listening yeah. to things and um, 
sort of coming back to them, moving faders sort of with my eyes closed and getting a feel for things rather than, uh, you know, mixing with your eyes. Last thing. Okay, go ahead and then also I won't do forget you, it. Do you feel like you're, you're like making mixes less clean now than you were a year ago? Probably. I, um, but, you know, I, I just, I'm trying to, the mixing clean thing is like, okay, I'm trying to tidy up and like, it's it's the technical approach. It's just like, even when you make things too clean, it doesn't sound good all the time. You right. know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that there's no real objective. It's like what you're trying to get across, the message mm-hmm. with the song. So you can make something sound really clean, but if it's not supposed to be a clean song, it ends up sounding bad. And like, this is the reason I've started doing this one thing. I have a friend I've been talking to who's taught me a lot and I take off all of the graphs if I ever see a graph, I immediately turn it off. Like Pro Q3, I'm mixing with that off. Like that, There's no way. Yeah, There's that no like way. analyzers, I can't, I can't do I'm it. mixing with them off. I don't need to see it. Yeah, I can hear everything that's going on in the song. I don't know why I need to look at a graph. Yeah. If there's something specific that I'm trying to point out and I can find it, sure. But if you see, first of all, different analyzers have different like ways that they show you the graph based on different curves. Right. So one move you might make on one EQ is a completely different move that you might make on another one mm. just by the user interface. Yep. So tell me that that's not influencing your decisions. You're yeah. wrong. It is influencing. Your eyes are always influencing your decisions. That's why I think it's gravitating towards things like uh, channel strips and pull text and stuff is, is a great move mm. unless you're trying to do something super specific and you hear something and you want to cut it out. That yeah. is like really hard to do. If it's like something at 13K and you need to find it and it shows you on ProQ 13K, like, yeah, sure, that's cool. You can use it as a tool. But making huge decisions, it might be, you know, it might be decisions that are going to harm you later on. That being said, I do think they're not maybe cleaner, but I feel like I'm giving people what they want more so mm. than before. Before mm. I was trying to make everything sound to what you think in your head is clean, right? Yeah. But now I'm trying to do what the artist wants. We're a service. My job is a service. There's a certain level of you that goes into the mix always. Mm-hmm. It's not completely unbiased. But the approach is different. And uh, that's sort of what it is. Mixing, by the way, like a general, like this is what it sounds like when I get mixes, right? Yeah. I get a either a two-track or a set of tracks from instrumentals, instrumental music. Each, mm-hmm. each will usually be, let's say it's a set of instrumentals. Uh drums or like kick snare hi-hat uh and then keys guitar acoustic guitar piano synths um the whole production is on all the elements you hear are on individual tracks each vocal each vocal double each harmony each background vocal uh with no effects usually this is giving me anxiety yeah let's say it's like (laughs) i don't know 30 to 60 tracks depending on the song and when i get them they're all at this weird volume they're like it just sounds like a wall of sound of fucking chaos that is completely clipping most people especially in the beginning stages don't understand how to send uh multi-tracks or stems with proper gain staging so um a really good artist or a really good mixing engineer will usually not all the time receive uh things that are the gain structure is pretty good Mm -hmm. and on the really really high level and you don't need to do as many moves uh in order to get it where do you want the song to be for me in the beginning levels, when people like when beginner people, because those guys, let's say they charge three thousand dollars a mix, mm-hmm. right? So you can you can hit up your local mixing engineer or something and negotiate a decent price for you per song. And uh, when I receive the stems, because they might not be as knowledgeable, they don't have a label doing work or other mixing engineers doing work for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get like a wall of sound. I get like clipping. Things are too loud. Things are, and like the instrumental will be like plus five dB just clipping, and then the vocals will be like minus twenty. You know, it's completely unbalanced. So what I have to do is ask for a demo or a reference song mm-hmm. that they want the idea to sort of be like. And then I adjust everything to sort of fit that vibe. I adjust all the volume. I adjust the frequencies in order to sort of uh, uh, have it. Uh, so all the tracks have a complementary relationship with each other. Mm. Um, so everything sounds pleasant for that genre or what the artist is going for. And I add, sometimes, you know, if that's my job for that, I tune the vocals and I add effects to the vocals and the backgrounds in order to add depth and dimension. So with music, sorry, this is a long tangent, I'll be done right now. (laughs) With music, there's like, there's the stereo image, there's depth, and there's, um, (laughs) how do you explain that? So there's stereo imaging, 
there's stereo imaging left to right, right? You're left and right, and you're center. Watch me, watch me pan the vocals back and forth. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> you have you have you have the stereo imaging left, right, and center, and then you have depth, like level levels of depth within music, like sure. dimensions where you can like reach into a song, things in mm-hmm. the background, things mm-hmm. in the front, mm-hmm. and then you have like the EQ stuff. <clears throat> you have the clean the cleanliness and or like the cleanup jobs that you have to do in order for things to work with each other. Sure. So that's what it is, I guess. Why do you like doing that <laughs> I'm sick of that i don't know it's, it's, it's challenging it's like a puzzle it's like constantly uh-huh. you know how you're very frustrated with puzzles all the time and then yeah. like once you start getting it down like once you, you're in the motion of it it's very like meditative and it's very it feels very good and once i start like once you nail down a song and you're starting to get the vibe closer and closer and you feel like you feel like it's never going to end you're never gonna get the song to the end product and then you you make a breakthrough and you you, you get there and <clears throat> you start grooving with the song and just like the feelings that go with it it just mm-hmm. I think it's a really cool technical process that I enjoy. That's pretty much all there is to it. I enjoy the emotion that comes with it. I enjoy the the feeling of getting the song right and making the artist love the the music. And I enjoy good music. And I think there's a far less. There's a very small amount of music that I enjoy, and I think a small amount of good music. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's nice to be able to contribute to something that you think will add to quality in the masses. Yeah. Even though I'm not saying all my mixes are amazing or the songs that I receive are amazing, they're certainly not. But I try my best. You know, mm-hmm. I try my best with with what I have. But yeah, that's mixing, mastering. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm not gonna get into mastering. Nice. It's all it's all within the same realm almost. Nice, nice, nice. How do you? Um, I just want to say I I used to mix. Yeah. And I would put all of the tracks into. The session obviously i would mix an ableton because ableton's a better software sure and um i would start on like whatever the kick or the bass or something sure and then i would get going and then i'd be like oh let me jump to this instrument let me jump to the piano halfway through mixing the piano let me jump to the guitar and then let me jump back to the drums and then let me jump back to the bass and then like it was just this anxiety racked anxiety inducing like storm where all i did was go back and forth and then at the end of the day i'm like i i could like so clearly hear it at the beginning but then at the end i'm just like so lost yeah and i think that's the thing with mixing and like even music creation at all is like i have such a clear picture of what i want to do getting and then as soon as i start it's gone yeah i think I think that that it comes with time and making a lot of mistakes is knowing because the thing with mixing is that let's say you made a change to the kick drum right mm-hmm. and then you make and and you like the you like where it's sitting now you make different changes to the rest of the drum set and you worked on a few of the instruments and you're like you know what the kick isn't sounding the way I wanted to you go back to the kick again and then you, you go to another instrument like mm, this is slightly you know that 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 roundabout yeah, mixing yeah, yeah. that you're talking about yeah. it's because <clears throat> it's better as much as you can leave things alone the way that they are, you don't need to enhance everything. Mm-hmm. The way that you received it is the way that the producer made the song. That's how they want to hear it. Yeah. You, your job is to, to fix the things that are problematic and deliver a product that is releasable. It's not to change the song. You're not meant to make the song better production-wise. Mm. You don't want to change the sound. So what you're doing is like a circle, circular way of mixing where, because if you change your frequencies in one area, Right. Let's say the 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 rest of the drums, the snare, mm-hmm. or the floor toms, or the synths that are taking up a certain frequency within the kick, within right. the r- r- you know the frequency spectrum of where the kick is sitting. Yeah. Once you cut out certain frequencies or boost, the kick is going to feel completely different. Once mm-hmm. you change the volume balance of the song, the kick is going to sound completely different. You're going to hear things you didn't hear before. So it's good to start at a, my starting point is always having a good like general mix without touching any of the faders without mm. eqing or touching anything i just adjust the gain of the cl- i adjust the clip gain of all the elements in the song to sort of sit at a good level and mm. all my zero- faders are at zero and then once i feel like i need to make changes i can make changes but only if i hear things like when you get like a good clip when you get the clip gain pretty good you're maybe 60 70 percent of the way there depending on the song wow you really don't need to touch up a lot. And that's why I'm saying emotion-wise, right? Like, it's very selfish for us to go into a mix and be like, I'm gonna, unless they ask for a makeover, you shouldn't give a makeover. 
Mm. You don't need to, not that you shouldn't, like you don't need to, the less you do, the results turn out really good. And I've been, I've been, I'm only saying this because I have been talking to so many mixing engineers. Mm-hmm. And though, and these are people that I reach out to because I like their mixes. And what I do, and I know that I know that there's amazing, amazing mixing and mastering engineers that do like crazy stuff mm-hmm. that maybe is not within the realm of what I'm talking about, but they're so good at what they do, they're anomalies. I'm just going to leave it at that. But the ones that I appreciate and the ones that I look out, look up to, it's like a minimalist. Like I'm doing as little as I can to get to the end product, small moves only when I need to. And it always starts with gain structure. It always starts with gain structure. Even with live mixing, it always starts with gain structure. That's the number one thing that I hear. Um, and the rest is just extra. The rest is just polishing and getting the way there. Unless you're doing like production mixing and like I said, uh, make makeovers but that's mm. completely different hmm. nice yeah it's a lot it's a lot of work it's it takes lot. people don't realize they're like oh, i want to pay you a hundred bucks i want to pay you 50 bucks i want to pay you 100 someone on fiverr will do it for 50 bucks mm-hmm. go get a mix on fiverr for 50 bucks be my <laughs> guest do it for 75 do it for 100 be my guest it takes for someone to care about your mix i don't care if you're a top professional or you're if someone actually wants to take the time and cares, not that they can do it in an hour or 30 minutes. Yeah, I can do a mix in 30 minutes too. But if they care about your music, it can take hours to sit down and do all the little details. Mm-hmm. You doing it in 30 minutes or an hour or two hours, that's awesome. It just doesn't make a difference if you can if you can get it done in an hour or two hours. You know what I mean? You can have a great result in an hour or two hours. You can have a great result in eight hours. It's the result that matters. Unless they're asking for like a three-hour turnaround, in which case I might be like, all right, bro, you can get what I'm going to give you in three hours or you can wait like two days or a day and get what I give you if I have the time or maybe a week if I'm super busy. You know, it just depends. So to be like, I want to spend 150 bucks. Okay, if I spend 10 hours on your mix and you want to pay me 150 bucks, you want to pay me $115 an hour. And I certainly guarantee you that some of the mixes that people are sending me, it takes 10 hours. Mm -hmm. And you might want, let's say, revisions. It takes... You can be an amazing mixing engineer. Someone can hate the work that you do. Right. Absolutely hate just because they have their own demo demo in their mind that they can't get out. They have their own idea that they can't verbalize. They're not good at communicating. Mm-hmm. You know, you're essentially paying this person $15 an hour. So respect people's rates and, uh, <laughs> you know, and and I'm not saying I'm super expensive. I'm just saying respect whatever the person tells you. Listen to their discography. If you like what they do, respect their rate. If you want to negotiate a little bit, that's fine. But don't negotiate like, you know, like it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of work, especially if you don't know how to send multi-tracks, how to send stems. I think there's, there's nothing worse than like, it's really frustrating when I work with clients and like, I have one, one guy in particular who I'm friends with and I love the guy, but then I work with him and he's just like so unsatisfied every time. And I'm like, how do you want it? Like this photo of you looks incredible. You look fantastic in this. And he's like, uh i'm like what he's like my eight pack of abs just doesn't like it's not popping enough i'm like (laughs) what the are you talking about man and it's just like sometimes it's it's so frustrating to work with people like that where like you just you can never find common ground and Mm -hmm. you feel like you're always just sliding backwards with yeah you never make any progress towards something that looks good yeah, I've definitely been like, okay, it's not for me. Like, if you don't like the vibe, if you don't like the style, right. if you don't like what we're going for, and we make revisions that you're asking for, right? And you're still asking for like, you know, if you're on an endless loop of revisions, maybe they won't hire you again, or maybe you don't want to work with them. Mm-hmm. They'll surely it's very hard to find people that you like. So if they like you, but they're asking for things that you don't necessarily want to do, you don't have to work with them again. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. a make it or break it. You don't have to try to save your onto every dollar. There's going to be plenty of clients. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a plenty of people that reach out to you if you're consistent. You know, like. Same with you, you know. Yeah. It's like you're at, if you're not if you're not enjoying work, even though it's paying you, you don't have to do it, dude. That's that's I want that to be my lasting thought. So like I was thinking about I was some girl hit me up, um, and you know asked me for advice. Okay, and I've been I've been toiling over this in my mind <laughs> for several months, and it's like I go into a photo shoot and I am scared mm. and I'm nervous because. At the end of the day, when I'm hired by someone, it's a blue collar job. Right. And I'm delivering a service. But, you know, it's like maybe like a pale blue, mm-hmm. right? Because it's blue mixed with white collar or not, sure. you know. So like what I'm what I'm doing has my creative 
elements. And like, obviously I'm being hired because of my style. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, (laughs) hopefully. And what I have been telling myself and the realization that I've been coming to is like, okay, I'm being hired at the skill level that I'm at. And like, it's okay for me to want to deliver. And I, I always want to deliver, but at the same time, like if I don't deliver, Mm -hmm. that's like, it is what it is. You know, like if they're not happy with the photo shoot, like I, I had one a few months ago. If you do your best, if you know that you gave it your best. Yeah. Right. But I had one a few months ago where the girl wanted to do like a Barbie shoot. Mm-hmm. And like I had never done anything like that, and I was like, okay, I'm like going completely like blind mm-hmm. into this setting, and it's like she's hiring me, knowing that I have no experience in that, <laughs> yeah. you know. So like she's hiring me, and I have to accept that like at the end of the day, I'm gonna learn from this, and yeah. like I'm gonna oh, do man. my best, mm-hmm. but there's still that element where I could like just not get the best photos, yeah. And like I I want to talk about this because I feel like. For so long, I've heard that it's like, it's like you need to do the best you can do, and your best has to be the best. Yeah, and it's like you you, have you to make so yourself mistakes. up. Yeah, you're you have gonna to make, make mistakes, and you're gonna learn. And, and to like, understand because so many people say that. Yeah, it's like you don't understand the kind of mistakes you're gonna make. Yeah, you're gonna fuck up a whole project. Or you're gonna lose gigabytes of files. You're gonna like corrupt videos. Yeah, you're gonna deliver. You're gonna uh, delete sessions on accident you're gonna lose sessions you're gonna lose mixes i had i'm not kidding i had 800 photos that were overexposed and the faces on the people because i was shooting with direct flash the faces on the people were completely white for like 800 photos and i was sitting there in like pure terror yeah i was like i gotta make this work but at the same time it's like i know that next time i shoot an event with direct flash that my ass will never up like that yeah. again you know? but you you will never know and that was happening re- like when i was recording bands or when i was helping out recording the bands any new experience that you have you're gonna make mistakes you don't mm-hmm. understand what the workflow is like especially when you work with someone else so just knowing how to mic up a drum set yeah. just knowing how to record multiple people at one time multiple instruments at one time mm-hmm. knowing those things it's impossible to know without doing it yeah. And it's impossible to do things without making mistakes if you don't know how to do that thing. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, how can you do something perfectly and beat yourself up about it? That's why it's very important to work for the right people who are willing to teach you and allow you to make the mistakes yeah. because realistically, it's not a big deal, mm-hmm. right? Like, this moment will go on. The next thing will come. You didn't, unless you, unless you did something so bad that you were told not to do that, you ruined something, right? You yeah. absolutely ruined something that was unrepeatable. Right, that's also a mistake you're going to learn from. It's just going to be a much harder recovery. It's going to be a harder recovery for you mentally, but it's something you'll be able to get through. That being said, just be very attentive, be quiet, listen more than you speak. That's all it takes. Listen more than you speak. Be as quiet as possible and learn by observing. <laughs> Don't ask too many questions. But you also have to learn by doing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm okay, saying. Okay, okay, okay. No, when I say observe, observing, like, it's observing as in like. Don't ask. I mean, don't ask too many questions. Learn by observing. But if someone asks you to do something, sure, do sure. It. okay, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're gonna ask you to do something if you're there to assist them or help yeah. them. Or you know, same with you, right? You don't yeah. go like, "Hey, Justin, by the way, uh, what is this? If I put this flash, actually, never mind. Um, I, if I put this second flash, you're, you're totally, friends with. I totally do questions. I totally ask. <laughs> yeah, but you're friends with Justin. You're friends with Justin. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's different. <laughs> I'm just saying, if if Justin was like a super, if right, was that, right, right, if right, it was right. that other photographer, sure, 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 sure. Who was that guy you were talking about? Right. Would you be doing that? Uh, no, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't say a word. Yeah. And if you mess up, he tell you you messed up. Yeah. And then you wouldn't do it again. Right. That's all it is. But, you know, I I just want to talk about it because this this girl, same girl, it was a studio session. She'd never shot in the studio before. Mm. And I remember when I had never shot in the studio before eight months ago, mm-hmm. right? And, like, how f***ing terrified I was. And I'm so glad that we have such a gracious friend, Diana. Oh, Diana. Yeah, who... um forked the bill on the on the studio so that i could sit there and like look around with their photos and learn but they still came out fantastic they did come out I'm really a, cool i'm an incredible photographer yeah <laughs> but like i had never worked with flash before i had never worked with off-camera flash like and so it was a whole different world but like you know i'm i'm realizing now that you just you have to accept that you don't know what you don't know yeah 
right? Mm-hmm. And like not beating yourself up about that. Yeah, that's the hard part. So beating yourself. I still do it less than I did before. Yeah. And eventually you want to get to a point where you're just like in the flow of things. And you realize people that are somewhat successful, like the people that you'll meet. I don't know if this is entirely true. It's been certainly true for the people that I met at though. Um, they are so like go with the flow, yeah. try yeah. everything, make the craziest <laughs> mistakes. Yeah. And they're just like chill. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it happened to f- sucked. I really like went through it, but they got through it, yeah, you know, like, yeah, and they're yeah. still doing it and they're still successful. And like, but they'll make crazy mistakes. Even people at the top of their game, they make crazy mistakes. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't not make mistakes. And that's interesting because if you want to prepare yourself, for example, right? Like when we first got into the studio, I saw that we only had a trackball. So I purchased a trackball because I knew uh. that it would be in every single studio I recorded at. And you can bring your own mouse. If your mouse is not compatible with that computer, it's not moving the way you want it to move on that computer. Mm-hmm. You might as well be using a trackball anyways. You know what I mean? Like, so get for in my head, I was like, okay, I need, I need to know how to use a trackball as much as I like it or not. I purchased a trackball, which is expensive. It's like a hundred dollars for a trackball. Mm-hmm. I bought a trackball and I just used it in my room, in my studio. Not all the time, but I use it enough to get comfortable with it. So if I had to track someone, I could use it. And it's the same situation now at the studio I'm working at. Only trackball, tried using my mouse, didn't work out, only using trackball. Bro, that trackball f- blows. It blows. But I'm saying the concept, <laughs> it, goes, it also goes to um, anything. Like, for example, live sound. Yeah. If you want to be good at live sound, you work at a company, um, maybe you should buy like a cheap, you know, like 10 channel, 8 channel yeah. mixer, mess around with it, understand gain structure, shoot the, shoot the microphone through your speakers, test feedback, mm-hmm. you know, like these are all things you can do in your room for a couple hundred dollars and understand the, the way that microphones work and the way frequencies respond yeah. in a live sound setting. You know, that, that's doable, but people will just freak out in their room instead mm-hmm. until they go to work. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with photography. You know, if you want to shoot digital, I mean, if you want to get into photography and you shoot digital, you should pick up a film, fam- film camera and shoot film. And if you shoot on film, you should pick up a digital and shoot digital because, like, they both complement each other in different ways. I I wanted one last thing. <laughs> this has gone on so long, but one last thing. I want to I wanna pull back the curtain because you called me last week and were like, hey. It's not that crazy. You were, like, you were like, hey, I have someone who uh, I'm, like, talking into, like, hiring you. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the f*** are you talking about? You're like, yeah, it's a makeup shoot. I'm like, are you f- kidding me? Like, I don't know what the f- to do there. And like, I have no idea what the f- I'm doing, you know, but. <laughs> but he says that every time and, and then you end up doing it. But I think you're just a masochist. Like you like putting yourself. But, but listen to me, I've never done anything like that. Right? But you have within the realm of certain things. Like you can, you can draw parallels from other things that you've sure, done. Sure, sure, sure. But what I'm saying is. That's like saying like, well, listen, have you done listen, a rock listen, song? Listen, like, listen, yeah, listen, I can listen, do a f- rock listen, song. listen. I've never done a shoot like this, right? Sure. But I worked myself into the brain processes that was like, yeah, I can do it. Like a year ago, I would have been like, no way, I'm not going to do that. There's no possible way that I would ever do that. But now it's like um, accepting that I don't know, Mm -hmm. but trusting in myself that I can get there, right? Yeah. And then- accepting that I will do the best that I can. You'll deliver then, a final product. And then this is the part that might bother you. If the best I can is, isn't good enough, then it's not good enough. Yeah, but that I have that same mentality. But the problem is that I was telling him, listen, and this is this for most things. Unfortunately, the way you need to establish yourself, this might be terrible advice. Yeah. You have to have that kind of blind confidence. You need to be able to make the mistakes yeah. and, and make up solutions for them in the moment. Yeah. It's stressful, but you have to because that's going to come up a lot. And if you're not adaptive, you might be able to not get out yourself out of very difficult situations. You might end mm-hmm. up, you know, not, you might end up quitting. Yeah. But I told you, Machi, when you go there, no one else knows anything about videography. Uh-huh. You're the source of knowledge that everyone is going to be feeding off of. Yeah. You can take a hundred extra pictures. You can take an extra two hours of video and you don't charge for that time, but you take additional efforts in order to uh, fail safe yourself. In mm-hmm. case something goes wrong, I have these additional videos. I have these additional photos that I can go to. You know, I do the same thing. That's why we playlist every single take. Mm-hmm. 
You know, that's why we, that's why we keep everything. That's why we store everything. Just listen, in case listen, something listen. goes wrong. What I'm saying, right? Because I accept, I, I agree with what you're saying. That you need to be adaptive. You need to understand. And you need to provide your best. Yeah. What I'm saying, right? This is not me discounting my best. Right, I'm right. saying, I will best. provide my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if my best isn't good enough, yeah. then it's not good enough. Yeah, they should have hired you're someone. paid me. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, but they, shouldn't, they should have hired someone that probably cost $5,000. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that was the whole point. Yeah, they know who they're hiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it, right? And it's like, but I feel like for so long with my ego, I've been in the mentality that's like, I'm only going to provide the best. I'm going to give you a hundred times the value that right. you're paying me. And then it, it, it only spirals me out of control because I'm like, I'm not good enough to do that. Yeah, you should still give your you best, know? but you shouldn't put yourself in that mentality, yeah. right? Your best is your best. Yeah. That's where you're at right now. Yeah. But the fucked up thing is that when you say your best is your best, I feel like, you're, There's a little f- ant in there that's like, your best isn't good enough, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're saying that and you're discounting yourself because yeah. your best isn't actually be- your best. You can do 115%. Yeah. And that's what's f***ed up. That's- and then you'll hear, like, this, this super f- successful photographers and yeah. audio engineers be like, yeah, I just did, you know, I just pulled up this thing and I just did it. And I'm like, I guess it turned out good, you yeah. know? Like, the same confidence level that you have. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's hard. You're it's eating hard. out your brain. And I want people like me, the five people on planet Earth that are mm-hmm, like me, mm-hmm, to understand that, like, you know, it's it's not going to be easy. None of this is easy. When are we going to talk about happy stuff? Never. Bro, none of it's ever happy. What are you talking about? I lost my baby yesterday. Um. Wow. What a tumultuous episode. Have you seen those TikToks where it's like, it's like the dude's like, wow, this guy, this guy doesn't stop yapping. But then it's like 10 minutes of them saying, this guy doesn't stop yapping. Mr. Yappers over here. Mr. Yappers. Mr. Yappington. Uh, do you have any lasting thoughts? That was my, that all was my lasting thought. <sighs> no, no. I have nothing else to say. I'm exhausted. I need a nap. I need Can I uh, say, have you noticed, like, if you hold the, can you see, like, the way that the grill, like, bounces off the light? In your, it, only in your peripheral vision, though. What are you doing? Can we just have a moment of silence? Moment of silence. For my Nikon FM2N, this camera was my baby. RIP. Shutter is absolutely f***ed. <laughs> it is f***ed. Um, We're getting it repaired, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, might, I might ditch you early and go drop it off. Um, also, I want to take a, a moment of silence. <laughs> Not a moment of silence. I want to <laughs> show everyone Machi's best picture that he's ever oh, taken. You want me to, you want me to no, bring it I'll, down? I'll bring it down. <laughs> I want to show everyone like, the best picture. I, I've seen this picture <laughs> a million times. It's on his laptop. I changed it. He got hired. It's not on my laptop yeah. anymore. It's on, it was on his laptop. It was on everything. It is, I think, the best picture he's ever taken. He got hired by a boxer <laughs> to go to a professional boxing match ringside and take pictures. Ringside. Ringside media. Let me, let me get the picture. Yeah, right yeah, get it, get it, get it. How does it look? Oh. Look at that, huh? You know what it reminds me of? You're the greatest to ever do it, man. You know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, like Pacific Rim. It looks like a, does it not? Or maybe like a Transformer. You get know what I'm saying? Like a Michael Bay? Yeah. Doesn't it? He kind of looks like a Transformer or something. Best to ever do it. Best to ever do uh, it. We'll end it on that note. Thank you so much for listening, for watching, which you should be doing on, on our YouTube, YouTube channel. Um, I would be hard pressed to remember the name of the YouTube channel right now. It's okay. Talk box pod, talk box podcast, something like that. Um, also, if you want to hit us up with any questions, please reach out. Yeah. My Instagram handle is mixing dot waves. Waves is W A V S. Mixing is M I X I N G. Dude, I was talking to someone. Or type in Nadek Manukian if you figure that out. Dude, I was talking to someone and they hit me with a wavs. And they said You said this last episode. And I'll say it every episode. That'll be my thing now at the end. They said wavs and I was like I was like, oh man, do I say waves back or if you want to reach out to Machi Obscure Machi is his Instagram handle. Obscure Machi. Hit us up about anything. Video, photography, mixing, mastering, recording. M-A-T-C-H-I. Obscure Machi. Mixing, recording, mastering, video, film, digital, anything. Life. Life stuff. 
what it's like it. moving out here, what it's like living in LA, what it's like trying to pursue the career. Is it worth it? No, let me cut the t- I <laughs> will. cut the conversation short. No, <laughs> it's not worth it. Or if you need a mentor, don't ask Machi. <laughs> I'm absolutely not in a position to mentor anyone. In fact, um, I need heavy mentorship right now. Um I need a mentor. Please, God. Uh anyways. <laughs> uh, it's great chatting. Uh, <laughs> Yalla, talk to you later. Uh, thank you so much. If you listen to this on Spotify, please leave us a five-star rating. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, also leave us a five-star rating. If you listen to this on YouTube, hit that <laughs> slam that subscribe <laughs> button. Hit that like button. And hit that notification bell so you can be notified when we release another video. Isn't that crazy? Like, the way that it's ingrained into my mind. I've never studied the the ad copy, what I should be saying about YouTube. But I've heard it so many f- times. Can I tell you the truth? Let me pull the veil back again. Never <laughs> once have I ever hit the notification bell for a single f- human being. But do for us. Or we're going to be f***ing pissed. <laughs> you need to you do better f- do for us or we're going to be pissed. <laughs> Gets me fucking going. Gets me going. Gets me going. Okay, all right. Slam that like button, bro. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Just run it back again. Thank you so much it's for listening. A, thank you so much for watching. It's an endless loop. It's an endless cycle of death. Uh, all right, yalla. Yalla, bye. bye.